Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. As we continue on in a series that we started a couple of weeks ago called What We Gonna Do? And uh, by now you know I, I just picked up the title off of a clip out of the Jungle Book where the vultures are hanging around going, what are we gonna do? I don't know what we're gonna do. And uh, it just sticks in my brain from being a kid myself and then from watching it again with my kids. And uh, we had just finished this long series looking at things that Jesus had said and how they impacted our lives. And so what do we do with it is sort of what this series is all about. And uh, I've said that, you know, what we're going to do is continue to be a people of uh, mission and that um, the the big part of our mission is to help uh, people who do not yet know Jesus to connect with him, that we uh, do that primarily by being a people, living by trying to do the next right thing. And then um, looking for and understanding the radical message of the good news of Jesus Christ and opportunities to share that with people who don't yet know it. And we're, we're, so we're taking those two concepts and we're kind of taking our time through this series, looking at them together. And last week we looked at some verses in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6, and I said that um, the way that you perceive uh, your relationship with God impacts the way that you live out your mission. And um, we looked at the idea last week that we're precious to God, that, that we matter to God, that we have value, that we're chosen by him, that, um, uh, that this is something that we need to understand and, and take time thinking about. And I hope you had a chance to think about that uh, throughout the week if you, were, if you were here for the message. This week, what I want to talk about, and it's along that same line, you know, it's, see this, knowing how much he loves us um, impacts the way that we share the message. And then um, this week, I want to talk about uh, how precious Jesus is to us, because that also impacts the way that we live this life and the message that we have to share. And so we, we looked at how precious we are to him last week. I want to talk about how precious he is to us as believers this week. So that's what we're going to head in together. That's the intro transition. In case you've never been before, I always tell a bad joke, and uh, um, I will not uh, disappoint. An invisible man marries an invisible woman. Their kids were nothing to look at either. So, isn't that really bad, right? Yeah, I, was, I didn't have a whole lot. I went to buy some camouflage shorts the other day. I couldn't find any. That's not bad though, right? Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> they were really camo, never mind. Scripture reading gets better right here. First Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Now to you who believe... This stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I want to kind of look at those verses together today. And uh, as I said, I want to talk about how precious Jesus is. Point number one in our notes. Uh, Jesus is precious to those who believe. Jesus is precious to those who believe. Peter says that in verse 7. Now to you who believe, this stone, referring to Jesus, is precious. So if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, a believer, then Christ is precious to you. It said Jesus is precious to all who believe. Now last week I looked at a couple of parables with you that I said were some of my favorite parables. They're very short parables um, found in Matthew chapter 13. 
and uh, verses 44 through 36, and they're the, treasure of the, the parable of the treasure in the field and the parable of the pearl of great price. And last week I said that one of the ways that we could look at those parables, um, which was different than the way um, people normally do, is that um, in those parables we can say that, um, that we are, in effect, the, the treasure in, a, in the field, and Jesus is the one who found it and paid everything for us. Uh, and we are also the pearl of great price, and that when Jesus, who saw us as the pearl merchant, he, he got rid of, you know, he took, took care of business so he could make sure that he could have us. Um, to, today I want to look at those same parables uh, and sort of look at it with the, the way they're normally looked at, which is that Jesus is the treasure of the field and Jesus is the pearl of great value. Matthew 13, 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now, and when I introduced these parables to you last week, I said they're presented in a parable in a parallel way, which means Jesus is using these two parables to present one main sort of point. And he's talking about, you know, things being of great value, things being precious, things that matter. And, and as I said, last week we developed that with, with Jesus seeing us as the treasure in the field and the pearl of great value, which is, a, a, I think, an important way to understand these parables. At the same time, because they're parables and because they're about the kingdom, there's, there's more than one meaning in it. And, um, and, and the way they're normally understood and the way I want to make sure we understand them today is that um, the kingdom of heaven, this whole process uh, of, of knowing Jesus, um, what we have to realize is like we, we have discovered in Jesus a treasure hidden in a field. That, that Jesus is there for, for everyone to come to know, but those of us who have, have um, you know, met him have moved from darkness into light. We have discovered a treasure hidden in a field um, that, that is, is worth everything and it's worth certainly everything in our lives to have made this great and fantastic discovery. This is an amazing deal that we have sort of found our way into and that, you know, it's the best deal in the universe. Nothing compares to this. There's nothing else like it. There's nothing else out there. Um, this is indeed the most fabulous find you have ever made in your life. If you've come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have found the most important thing uh, in your life, and, and that's what this is like. Jesus is like a treasure hidden in a field, and when we figure it out and we, we you know, say, whatever, Lord, I'm, I'm yours, and we, we come to know him as Lord and Savior, we have found this amazing thing. Again, um, like a, a merchant looking for fine pearls, finding one of great value, sold everything that he had and bought it. It's, a, it's another picture of the same story. This is the, Jesus is the pearl of great value. And, and there's nothing else like it. You will never find a better deal. There's, there, you, your quest is over once you find Jesus. There's, there's nothing beyond him. There's nothing better than him. When you have truly found him, you have found the best deal out there, the best thing in the universe. And this is an amazing understanding for us and, and, and something that we need to be aware of how, how truly wonderful it is um, to know Jesus. There's nothing like it. There's, it's really, it's, it's an amazing thing, now and forever, but there's just nothing like it. I don't know, sometimes I, I, I find myself, the reality of it, that, that it's even possible. Um, the, the, the depth of, uh, of things that, you know, that, that he has, God, God has gone to in order to have relationship with me. 
um, and, and what he's done to make it happen. And Jesus, fully God, fully man, willingly going to the cross on my behalf, um, having lived a perfect sinless life, taking it all on himself, that, that um, he did it so that we could be in relationship together for all time. And just sort of taking that in uh, is, is overwhelming. It's, it's uh, I, you know, obviously we can't even comprehend it all. But, but what we can comprehend and understand, you know, it just there's nothing like it. There's nothing that compares to it. It's, it's the most amazing thing. And we've been privileged to know him. Uh, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're so blessed that, that however it came about in your life, it came about. Uh, you know, I, I think in my own life, the, the set of circumstances that, that were involved in the point, to, to taking me in the point in my life where I, you know, I gave my life to him. And looking back and seeing how, how he was at work in my life well before I ever knew he even existed, I mean, I didn't even grow up in, in an environment of Christianity. I grew up in a, in, you know, basically a complete pre-Christian environment. And, and um, so there was no mention of, of God in my house. There was no understanding of the gospel in my house. We never went to church. I didn't have any of that as a kid. And, and sort of, you know, stumbled into it in points. Uh, I've, I've said this, you know, I remember first time hearing the gospel message when I was a freshman in college. First time I lived in this country my entire life. First time I ever heard the gospel message was as a freshman in college. And I didn't want to hear it. My roommate was having someone talk to him that he'd been on campus from Campus Crusade for Christ or something. And I couldn't wait for him to get out of the room. But I, I, <laughs> I heard enough of it. But then just people being placed in my life divinely. And I can look back at it and see it now. And, and how God had orchestrated a series of events um, all, giving me these opportunities to respond and, um, you know, and, and not responding, not responding, not responding. Finally, you know, getting to a point in my life at 25 where I, I said, oh, you know, and my response was, if you're real, here I am. Uh, I don't know how, how, how overly spectacular you think that is, but it worked. And uh, everything sort of changed from there. Radically changed in, in my life. So... Um, you know, that, that was it. That whole realization of having discovered this treasure that was, you know, it, it, right there. I mean, hidden out in the open, if you would. But, but certainly, in my case, hidden because I'd never seen it uh, and how amazing it was to find him. So, you know, we have to, we have to understand and, and hold on to that, that because of that, he's precious to us. That's what the, the, the word is saying there. It's an amazing thing. We should never lose sight of how amazing it is. Because I think if we, if we begin to take it for granted or lose the... Uh, how spectacular it is, how amazing it is, how awesome it is, it, um, we don't share it with the kind of joy that we should. Uh, it just sort of becomes a kind of a... And, and uh, you know, wh when we get out there and try and share this message when we're being critical and judgmental and ugly, um, it has no impact on the world around us. So we always got to be in that, that spot that goes, that's just amazing, because I know what a wreck I was and certainly still am. And to be in relationship with God now and forever is beyond, you know, so it's hard, it's really even hard to talk about. So point number two then, well, but what about pre-Christians? Because we're talking about that. And like I said, I like to call um, people that don't yet know Jesus pre-Christians. I think it's a good way to think about them so that we don't come off as judgmental and critical. These are just people who have not yet discovered the treasure hidden in the field. And uh, maybe they don't realize what a treasure they are. And there's a lot of stuff at work, but what about them? Because those verses that I was reading are sort of um, 
interesting, so I wanted to take some time to look at them with you um, because of what it said in case they stir up questions within you, which they probably should. But to those who do not believe, pre-Christians, the stone the builders rejected, Jesus, has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Now, those, that ver you have to be careful with this verse because it may seem, if you read it, that you might think that what's that saying is that some people are destined to dis disobey the message, that they have absolutely no choice but to reject the good news. And I don't hold to that viewpoint, nor do I believe that's what those verses are saying. Um, two things that I want to see about how these verses relate to unbelievers. I think it's very important for us. First, the, the verbs in this verse um, that I just read to you are all present tense, which means that you could actually, um, the verse could be written this way, but to those who currently do not believe, they currently stumble because they currently disobey the message. I think that's very helpful in a sort of understanding that verse, it, the present tense, so we, we don't translate present tense verb very well. To those who currently do not believe, they currently stumble because they currently disobey the message. Because they don't yet believe, they have difficulty in walking out this life, um, and, and certainly we should expect them to do that. One of the big problems we have as believers is expecting unbelievers to operate under the same sort of system that we do. They don't. They're not under. They, they don't get it. So we can't expect them to, to deal, deal with that. Second, that word that's translated destined there, tricky, tricky word as they translate it, but it would be much better translated appointed um, and is in other translations. And so what is appointed is not that they disobey, but they are appointed to stumble if they disobey. Um, and, and so... You know, part of that's really good news, that, that uh, along the journey, if they don't figure this thing out, that, that the opportunities for them are there to continue to come to know Jesus in the process. And then ultimately, if they don't choose to follow him, um, that, that has some, you know, negative consequence. And, uh, and so everybody has the ability to accept or reject the message just as we have. And... Um, and as people who have accepted the message of the good news, uh, as we said last week and the week before, we need to be tellers of the good news to help people who have not yet accepted it to accept it. Um, that's what our hope is, that we're going to live this life out in such a way that people who don't yet know Jesus will come to know him. This has to be a primary emphasis in our lives. It's, it's what we're here for. It's, it's why we don't get called up into heaven the moment we get saved, is that we have a, we have a, a mission. We're called to this. And just the way someone shared the gospel with you to help you to get into the kingdom, that's what we're to be doing for other people. And, and, uh, and so the third point is this, how precious is Jesus to you? So, you know, how much does Jesus really matter to you? And, and the way that you live your life, how does it reflect that? Because uh, this is key um, to this whole process. See, see what pre-Christians really need to hear from you is what makes Jesus precious to you. Um, they, that's, that's pretty much the level they can take it in. They, they, and unfortunately, sometimes the church goes and starts, we start trying to get ahead of that and you know, put a bunch of rules and regulations on them that they're not ready to deal with. Um, but what we need to be telling people all the time is why Jesus is precious to us, what he's done for us, what, what's the difference been in us, what, 
you know, what, what's going on with us? Why, why would we, uh, in 2015, um, you know, follow after God? Um, you know, these are the questions that the culture around us has. What's going on? Paul said this in Philippians 3, 7 through 9, which I think is, is awesome. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Um, I, I love the way Paul sums it up. You know, everything that I had before I knew Jesus really was sort of doesn't count, doesn't matter, didn't mean anything. Um, but now, you know, it, it's gain. To, to know him is gain. And so, you know, one of the things I, I'd like you to do this week is to really think about why is Jesus precious to you? Um, and, and maybe, you know, sometimes we just need to go back and think about... Um, Maybe, maybe we think about how we found our way into the kingdom and what that looks like. I mean, he was calling us in all the time, and he chose us, don't get me wrong. But, but what were those circumstances that made that happen? Um, maybe we need to think about uh, the times when, when he's been there with us and, and moved in you know, pretty incredible ways. Um, maybe we need to even think about you know, the difficult situations when, when uh, the things that we didn't understand and the brokenness of this world, and yet how God is with us and never lets us go. Because um, I, I think these are the things that we need to sort of be aware of in our own lives so that as opportunities arise to share with other people, um, we, can, we can weave these things into the conversation, why Jesus is precious to us. And, and you know, how those fit into your story. I mean, you know, in, in my own life, I know I've shared parts of, of this testimony in the past, but the, the, one of the people who was significant in presenting the gospel to me for the first time in a, in a way that, you know, almost brought me into the kingdom. And then, even though it didn't quite get me in, it stayed with me until I got in. Um, that guy's movement in my life was being kind to me and bringing me a sandwich every day to lunch. Uh, so, you know, you think about how do you, how do you impact people, but... You know, that, that, uh, in that story, I was working in a summer on a power plant and, uh, as a single guy, and, and um, uh, I would just, my, my plan for living at that point in time was, was going to the Pizza Hut at dinner time and eating enough at the $4 buffet to last 24 hours. And uh, <clears throat> it was a plan. It worked. But you'd, I'd get hungry, but I'd, I'd survive it, you know what I mean? Because I knew I was going to go back and put a hurt on the buffet. Uh, <laughs> I just had to hang in there until 4 o'clock. And they'd see me coming and shake their heads. Um, but this guy noticed that. out of the note, And he was a, a solid Christian guy. I didn't know. I wasn't a Christian. And I was pretty rough at 19. But um, he saw me sitting there not eating lunch. And he said, uh, you don't have any lunch? I said, no. He said, I have, I have two sandwiches. Would you like one? I said, sure. And he gave me a sandwich. And uh, that started a conversation. And from that day forward, he brought three sandwiches to work. And... Uh, Always gave me one. The first, I always kind of teased that the first one was the big sacrifice. <laughs> the rest of them was a sacrifice, but not quite as big, because he still had his two. Uh, but that first, so he gave me half his lunch that first time. And um, that built a conversation up 
a relationship up in us over two summers. And in, the, in that second summer, there was something that happened, and, and it opened a door for him to step by step run me through the gospel. Um, clearest presentation of the gospel uh, that I'd ever had in my life. And I was very close to going, yes. You know what, I, and I've said this, what kept me away at the time? I couldn't see how Christians had fun. I just didn't get that. I couldn't make the connection from where I was and what I did to how that could be fun. And so I said no, um, which wasn't good for me um, and sent me in a bad direction for the next five years. But still, it stuck with me, it still sticks with me that I remember that conversation vividly. So that's fascinating to these days. But see, he had, the, the, there was a sandwich, well, multiple sandwiches, but the first one that really did it. So, um, and he did that because, you know, he loved Jesus. And he, when he got the opportunity, told me how and why and what that looked like. So very important that that happens. So I just thought, you know, some of the things, what you could think about this week is some ideas, some thoughts about why Jesus is precious to you. And maybe some verses that really mean something to you. So I put some of my favorites in there. Like the, 1 John 1, 9, when I first got saved, uh, I, I used to run bars. And I was still running bars. When I was saved. Not that that's a bad thing, but um, it was a bad, it was a, it was a sort of nighttime, difficult, crazy atmosphere. And, and uh, I use this verse all the time. It was in my head constantly. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Romans eight twenty eight. we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Great verse. John ten ten. one of my favorites. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And in John five twenty four. Uh, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. So those are some of my favorites and, and uh, I think, you know, things that help me understand how precious Jesus is to me. So think about some of those things this week and uh, I think that'll just kind of help you in your process and in your walk. If you're watching by video, thank you very much. We appreciate doing that. If you need prayer, you can go to our website. And uh, there's a prayer page there, or you can call us. We'd be happy to pray for you, and we look forward to seeing you soon.